You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio. Wherever you can get podcasts. Jamie's log. Progressive. The Harrington's backyard. Day 11, 4.43 a.m. The tent I set up in the Harrington's backyard to prove Progressive has 24-7 protection has a rip in it. But a little rain won't stop me. Mrs. Harrington says she totally understands 24-7 protection means 24-7. Gonna stay a few more days to make sure. It's hailing now. That's fun. Progressive doesn't just offer a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, just not literally from Jamie. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Derek Jeter! This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to a Friday rivalry edition of the Yanks Go Yard Podcast on a Pizza Friday. I'm Adam Weiner, alongside Thomas Carinante, as always, but heading into Yank Sox at Fenway this weekend for the first time since last September, and for the first time with fans in the ball yard uh, in a much longer period of time. I can't calculate. I can't do month math on the fly. I probably should have prepared that. Um, I think it was like September 2019. I don't know, but it's it's been a long time. We are ready to be welcomed back to Fenway by the Fenway faithful, and so we've got one of them alongside us today for the pod new fan-sided editor on the Philly site, but she is a diehard Red Sox fan and the founder of Girl at the Game, Gabrielle Starr. Gabrielle, thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, tell us a little bit about how you got here, how you uh, came to be here on the pod with us. We're excited to talk Sox with you uh, and probably get ruthlessly mocked by you because that's that's sort of how it goes. I mean, I'm expecting to get ruthlessly mocked by you guys too, but that intro to start was really, really nice. So thank you. Um, I, you know, when you just, when you said that fans haven't been in the stands real quick since for Sox Yankees, I'm pretty sure that the last time fans were in the stands at Fenway for the rivalry was Sunday night baseball in September, 2019, when they fired Dave Dombrowski during the game because I I was there and I found out about it and I was like, they're really, they're really like. And I, I don't know if they won or lost, but I, they fired Dave Dombrowski during Sunday Night Baseball and it was Red Sox Yankees. And that was pretty close to the end of the season. So I, I'm going to safely surmise that that was then um, fans in the stands. Um, thank you guys so much for having me. I don't really know what to say. Um, yeah, I got into sports as like a blogger in 2017. I was doing writing freelance, um, but in like the beauty industry while working full time at a tech startup in Boston. And I just really wasn't feeling fulfilled. Like I knew that I liked writing, but I just, I found it very um, easy and kind of monotonous to just be like, and this skincare product has X amount of vitamin C. And as we all know, like it just wasn't, it wasn't, you know, filling my cup. Um, And a friend of mine was like, well, you're a crazy psychotic Red Sox fan. Like you're a good writer. Why don't you try writing about that? And um, since he was somebody in the Red Sox organization at like a very high level, I was like, it was like a family friend. I was like, 
okay, like if you think that I could, you know, um, and so I just started doing it for fun and I was doing it for another site that was kind of like wannabe barstool, um, but like not as heavy. And um, then I, on a whim, started Girl at the Game one day. And I remember sitting there on my bed making a WordPress website just for fun. And I was like, what am I going to call it? I like alliteration. Why don't I call it Gabrielle at the Game? Um, but then I was like, you know, at the end of the day though, like I'm just a girl at the game. Like it's not Gabrielle, like it's, you know, all women, um, anyone who identifies as a woman, um, you know, who loves sports and are passionate about sports and, you know, have opinions and have memories and, um, takes and want a place to put them. Um, and so people kind of responded to it really well. And I started adding contributors and we have a podcast now. And then I was also hosting locked on Red Sox and I was doing social for MLB, on Locked on Red Sox, like all of their MLB podcasts, which was 33 podcasts, doing the social for them by myself. And, uh, and then Fansighted came calling and it was the perfect fit because I like to write about things that I would like to read. And a lot of kind of the old world media, um, you know, it's no disrespect to them. It's just a different kind of um, world now and bloggers and fans can give their takes and be taken seriously as, oh, you can care about this sport, but you can also be objective about it. And that's something I pride myself on is, you know, I love the Red Sox, but when push comes to shove, if their bullpen's being garbage, I'm going to call them on it. If they're hiring a domestic abuser, I'm going to call them on it. I'm not a blind fan. And I think that that's important to have people like that. I wish that teams hired people like that to help give them more of the fan side. I, I did not do that on purpose, I swear. <laughs> but, um, you know, if each, if each team had kind of like a fan representative to be like, hey, this is what fans actually want. This is what fans actually care about. I think baseball would be a lot better of a place. Um, that was a lot, but yeah. So It'd be nice if the Yankees had that. I mean, uh, we sometimes we're convinced Brian Cashman's listening to what we're saying um, <laughs> because we're, we're coming up with, we just, we come up with trade candidates every single day. It doesn't matter who it is. Uh, we're talking about how bad they've been and how they need to be held accountable. Um, so we know where you're coming from, from that angle and baseball has been super crazy this year. So fans have had a loud voice in everything that's been going on, but what a time for you to come onto the scene in 2017. You said Red Sox win the world series in 2018. Then you have that little flop of the season in 2019, then Mookie Betts gets traded and then 2020 is a mess. So the first thing I wanted to ask you at the top, we're not going to talk about last night where you guys blew, uh, blew that game. We're not going uh, to, we're no, not going to talk about Richards, it. We have nothing Garrett to Richards say about A little that. bit of a no hitter going. Uh, we get a, no, 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 we get a Nick wild Pavetta. Garrett Nick Richards, Pavetta, I'm Garrett sorry. Garrett Richards could literally never because Garrett Richards no got rocked the other night. Allowed anymore. Yeah. Um, so a top here, I wanted to ask a Red Sox fan who is very level headed, I think in you. And I want to know if, if you guys have come to terms with the Mookie Betts trade or what the healing process has been, because I've been watching a lot of Alex Verdugo this year and it's not, it's not a good straight up trade, but Alex Verdugo is friggin' pretty good. And he fits the identity of your team, I think perfectly. So what's, what's it been like over the last year, year or so? You know, Alex Verdugo, first of all, wasn't the only part of that trade. So yeah, yeah, you got, yeah. I mean, we got Connor Wong also, who actually is at the big league club this week because mm -hmm. Kevin Ploiecki is hurt. So he's, um, you know, it's his debut time now. Um, but that was really not eloquent. I'm sorry. I have not had any <laughs> caffeine today. Um, Alex Verdugo actually has the third highest batting average among like the typical starters in the lineup for the Red Sox right now. I apologize. I live in the city and it's very loud. Um, he's hitting 282 on the season and you know, he is, he has been very impressive in the outfield. Obviously there was never going to be a straight up trade that really satisfied anyone. I mean, no you know, maybe if they were like, here's Walker Bueller and $800 million, like, <laughs> you know, okay, then we can talk maybe. But I think the thing with Mookie is they, they lowballed him from the start. I think he felt insulted. You know, he, I think part of him did want to stay here for his entire career. You know, he's the rare homegrown guy that we have here in Boston, but at the end of the day, they offered him a really low amount for what he deserved, like literally right after the world series when he's the AL MVP and he's the batting champ and he's gold glove, silver slugger, you know, all of these accolades, he literally leads them to world series and they like, 
give him much less than he deserves. And I think he kind of was like, wow, if this is like everything I've done, like the confetti is literally still on Boylston street right now. And, and you're offering me like seven years, 220 million, like I'm at least going to try free agency. And I don't think that that means that if the Red Sox had given him a competitive offer, if, if we had reached his free agency this year, that he wouldn't have stayed. But I think that, you know, between that and then Dabrowski saying, all right, so he's not going to take it. I'm going to go out and give all this money to Evaldi and sale. It just was setting the stage for, as Dombrowski loves to do, bad financial decisions, overspending, over budget. And then John Henry being like, actually, we would like you to stop spending now. And Dombrowski's like, I don't know how to do that. So I guess I'm just not going to make any moves for the entire 2019 season. Um, and you see that because Craig Kimbrell and Joe Kelly walked after 2018. And the only person he added to the team was Colton Brewer, yep. who is factually perennially mediocre and like doesn't add anything to this team. So with Mookie, I think, I don't know if it was like I was expecting it because now we've been over a year since the actual trade and the extension, but like it sucked. It really sucked. Honestly, at that point, you know, it was the 2019, 2020 off season was like, it's like Mookie, the Cora thing, you know, like the cheating investigation, mm. um, you know, the pandemic, like it was just such a cluster bleep. I don't know if you guys swear on this podcast. No, it was like, it was, we do. It, was, it was a clusterfuck. And, <laughs> you know, it kind of got to the point where like, it just seemed like a fever dream of even having Mookie bets. And then, yep. you know, I think most Red Sox fans were heartbroken, but they didn't blame him because a, it wasn't up to him if he was traded or not. Um, but people were mad at the Red Sox because they made bad financial decisions. You should be building your team around him. He's the other Mike Trout, basically, yeah. in this conversation. And instead of building around him, you traded him and basically paid the Dodgers to take David Price. You had a skeleton starting rotation. Your team was embarrassingly bad literally two years after a World Series. And stop me if you've seen that before, but we've won four World Series in 15 years. And then you are in the bottom of the barrel like two years later, like this is, this is like the pendulum, the seesaw that I cannot get off of. <laughs> um, but I think everyone here was happy for Mookie, you know, to win a world series. Like everyone here that I've seen, unless you're like really one of those shithead sports fans that just like, isn't a real fan. Most of us, when he won, like, I was like, I'm happy for him. He deserves it. He's a great player. He's a great athlete. He's great for it. He does great things in his community. He is super philanthropic. He's wonderful. Like during the 2018 postseason, he was feeding the homeless after games in Boston. He was like literally bringing trays of food to homeless people in downtown Boston while trying to win a World Series. That's just the kind of guy he is. I don't think anyone here begrudges him that success i think it's just is hard but verdugo has been good uh we'll see what happens with connor wong and um you know i think the biggest thing was we didn't get any pitching prospects in this deal yeah and yeah. we desperately need those um as do you guys um but then we got garrett whitlock from you so thank you um <laughs> you know about that yeah right um but yeah i mean with mookie you know, there were times where it was frustrating during this whole year and a half because they drew it out like all 2019. It was like, is he going to be traded during the season? Is he going to be, you know, is he going to sign the extension? Like he said at the beginning of the 2019 season, I just want to focus on the season. I'm going to free agency. Like he kept saying that. And so I think a lot of fans, myself included as a fit on the fan, you know, aspect of my life were kind of like, this sucks. Like, dude, like I get that you want to focus on the season, but like, do, like do you want to be here or not like it was kind of hard because you know he kept just saying i i intend to test free agency and then to, the i think the thing that stung a little bit was that he was always so adamant when he was here about going to free agency and then like within months of going to the dodgers he signs this mega deal and so i think that part was kind of like that was a little bit of a slap in the face but again that was during the pandemic you know i yeah. think his priorities shifted and you know jd martinez was asked last fall if he was going to opt out before this season he's like i don't want to be a free agent right now he's like what i mean no like mookie did what was best for him i respect that 100 percent. i still root for him um as long as he's not playing the red Sox. and hmm. you know i look he's one of the greatest, like he will be in the hall of fame. Um, sadly, it'll probably be in a Dodgers cap, but 
Yeah. Can't yeah. turn down that, that money. That, that was, was a lot. Those... I'm sorry. No, <laughs> no, no, that's what we wanted. That's what we're asking for. I mean, that, that trade though was just one of those moments where, and I have uh, one thing you may not know about me is I sort of have a sixth sense for when the Red Sox are going to be annoying. Like you're right that it is a roller coaster, right? You are totally right that you, you ping pong from being like a hundred win behemoth world champion to being like a last place ish strange team. But I always sort of know, I get the vibe when the comeback is about to start. And so it's annoying for, you got to admit, it's annoying for fans like us on the Yankee side who are sort of like, we know what High and Bloom's doing. We understand that like this team's not going to be the 2019 and 2020 Red Sox forever. You're not always going to be running Kevin Pillar and Jonathan Arauz out there or whatever. Like there's going to be pitching. There's going to be a plan, et cetera, et cetera. But this offseason, I started to get the vibe like they are going to be better sooner than it is. Why are they going to be better? Like it's partially the Alex Cora thing, but it's also partially just like they're signing these like $3 million fill-in dudes who just like, as Yankee, I don't know if you have the same perception, and clearly you kind of do, but as Yankee fans, like, you see the Red Sox signing Marwin Gonzalez and Kike Hernandez, and the rest of baseball is like, those guys suck. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like, they're Hunter Renfro. Hunter Renfro, like this Hunter Renfro, gonna... these freaking dudes are going to be ingredients on the next annoying Red Sox team that's going to be a little bit better than you think it is. Like, and I always hesitate to make fun of the Red Sox because – they've gotten the last laugh on us for what 15 years now like 2009 was the last time the Yankee fans like they went over in the first half they didn't beat Boston once they won zero games against the Boston Red Sox and then the second half they ate red they ate Boston's lunch and and they propelled it into a World Series win but since then there's always been like a Red Sox fan snickering at the end of the rainbow like rehiring (laughs) Alex Cora even like we got to celebrate Alex Cora being gone for a month and a half. And then he took a little 60 game vacation <laughs> and then he came back. Uh, the game you mentioned where Dave Dombrowski gets fired in the middle of the game and David Ortiz comes out and like does some weird little waving to the stands for some reason. Like he gets honored. Uh, Mike. Oh, I mean, after his shooting, when he came back to. Yes. And yeah. they, they, they sent him that out. Wasn't do... the, that wasn't the same night. I don't know. I feel like it was that weekend. No, cause no. Cause Poppy, pa- I was there. Cause I was okay. like, if you think, that I'm missing David Ortiz's return because like okay. he got shot Valid. the weekend after my birthday. He's my favorite player of all time. And I literally was in my apartment in LA crying into a David Ortiz pillow, refreshing my Twitter feed for information about whether or not he was okay. Yeah. So, and then I moved back to Boston like a month later, less than a month later. Um, and I was like, if you think that I'm missing David Ortiz returning to Fenway when he almost died, like, no, then you don't know me at all. And I was there and I was like sobbing hysterically behind home plate. Like, you know, and it was, yeah. I mean, it was very emotional, but that I'm 99% sure that was a weeknight, but it was around the same time. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure okay. it was a weeknight because it was kind of like a random, like a Tuesday or something. Okay, good. I, yeah, I will recant that statement. But, but you know, I he's hanging remember... out with Cora. He's like sitting next to the dugout, just like eating sunflower seeds with Cora. <laughs> and it's like, can you just go down there and like suit up and maybe we're really bad this year can you just like hit some bombs like no okay i just remember that la- i remember that last sunday night game though because mike talkman who's a key piece of that 2019 yankees mm-hmm. team got hurt in the middle of left field for no reason like just running around hurt his quad and then in the playoffs no stanton somehow and then they have no outfield depth and it's like all right the red like we're supposed to go on this playoff run this year and the red Sox are laughing at us again injuring our you know last outfield hope in their stadium we're gonna take a quick quick break don't want to kill the momentum uh when we come back we're going to be talking uh, this weekend series what we can expect stick around introducing under armor's infinity high sports bra its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body with cord out padding the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support and quick dry padding is under armor's fastest drying padding yet when you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. Welcome back to the Go Yard podcast with Gabrielle Starr, uh, Red Sox fan extraordinaire. Uh, no better timing than this. So let's let's talk about the comeback 2021 Red Sox. And it's a it's been a weird year for everyone. I think a lot of people expected uh not this, although, like I said, I did. And you said you did, too. Um, 
Uh, why is Alex Cora back? Why is this happening to me personally? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I feel like I see a lot of Yankees fans on Twitter. Like, obviously, they don't like Cora because of like the cheating thing. I get that 100%. I'm not a fan of cheating either. Just going to put that out there right now. Um, the first thing I said when the allegations against the Red Sox came out was I don't want anything that wasn't one fair and square. Obviously that's a bold thing to say, considering there's been cheating in baseball for 150 years, but <laughs> yeah. I mean like Astros level cheating. I don't want it. I don't want it. Just putting that out there. Um, but yeah, I see Yankees fans being like, I hate Alex Cora, but I hate Aaron Boone even more. Cause like I dude, congratulations. Your team hired a guy because he hit one walk off home run. Like literally I, I, I will never understand <laughs> that. Like so many qualified people and you hit the gut, you like you hire the guy literally to troll the Red Sox and it doesn't even work because we trolled you right back. It's, it's kind of insane. Um, Cora, for one thing, just like connects with the players so well, you know, guys like Devers and Bogarts really struggled without him, especially Devers. Cause he's basically a 12 year old. Um, <laughs> if you ignore the fact that he has two children of his own, um, didn't know that <laughs> did not know that, um, these guys, they just, Cora knows how to work with them in a way that Ron Renicky just wasn't going to get done last year. And you knew that from the second that they announced that they the were perfect going scapegoat. In, he was interim. Well, not even scapegoat. Yeah, but, but he it's was. Like they were like, "This is a great, fi- yeah, this is a great filler." When we fire him at the end of the year, nobody's gonna say a word. Nobody's gonna care. I mean, look, he came to Boston to be Cora's coach. Mm-hmm. That's what he wanted to do. He didn't want to manage this team. He stepped in, and you knew that, barring some kind of crazy, amazing managerial candidate coming out of the work, that the reason it was Cora. I mean, the reason that it was Renicky was because Cora would be coming back because yeah. otherwise you just hire somebody new because you're not, I mean, well, yes, the Red Sox have fired people in very short times. I mean, in the time that Cashman's been your GM, we've had like seven general managers, but you don't, you don't hire Renicky. You don't, you don't assign Renicky to the role if you're going to just actually hire someone for real. So Cora coming back, I mean, for starters, it's just like, it's, I hate to say it, but it's, it's a vibe thing. He knows how to deal with his players. He knows how to get the best out of them. Getting guys like Kike and Marwin, those were guys that Cora has coached before in Houston and in for team Puerto Rico with Kike. They're guys that he knows what they can do. And maybe the teams that they were currently, that they were previously on, weren't getting the most out of them, but Cora knows how to get something out of them. And I think that that's something that he and Chaim Bloom have in common is they kind of see the diamond in the rough in a lot of these situations. I mean, look at Nick Pavetta. Pavetta last night, six and two thirds, scoreless, hitless innings with only two walks. This is a guy who had a 15 ERA for Philadelphia last year before getting traded. This is a guy whose ERA was never under four with the Phillies in like three and a half seasons with them. This is a guy that they had given up on who Chaim Bloom, for whatever reason, had been targeting since he was with the Rays. And you look at that and you're like, what does this guy know about these randos that we don't know? But, you know, a lot of them have worked out pretty well so far. And even Garrett Richards, I mean, Garrett Richards, like, Lord, I can't believe there's so many better things you can spend $10 million on than Garrett Richards. But I'm sure you guys can relate to this because, you know, the sticky stuff has impacted like a lot of pitchers, including pitchers on your own team. Of course. I don't think that Garrett Richards anticipated that in the middle of the season, he and everybody else would have to go cold Turkey on sticky stuff. No way. And he, he basically has admitted that he has been a pitcher who's been using this stuff for his entire career. That's mm-hmm. basically what you can infer pretty plainly from what he's been saying uh, over the last week kind of embarrassing for him though, because he wasn't even that good when he was using the sticky stuff, but that might be one of Chaim Bloom's rare L's um, just based on how things have changed in the league. But yeah, I mean, I think pitching though. So like, I can't even fault. I don't, I wouldn't fault him for that. And you guys were in on Kluber too. So yeah, I don't understand why we didn't go for Kluber. I mean, I understand kind of a tongue in cheek by Chaim Bloom where he was like, we already have enough players, pitchers coming back from elbow injuries. Like I, I get it. You know, we're like all of our, hopes or all of our eggs are in the Chris sale basket right now. Um, but yeah, Garrett Richards, 
the Garrett Richards and Matt Andrees, it's just an Austin Bryce. I mean, Austin Bryce isn't new, but um, he's terrible. So, you know, we look, it's kind of funny because I think a lot of people thought this division would be a lot more hotly contested than it is. And we kind of just have like a lot of like Spider-Man versus Spider-Man of like teams go on a tear and then they actually completely fall apart. Um, I haven't really kept an eye on like if your team's gone on any tears, but like, you know, the Rays, the Jays, the Sox. I mean, look, we lost three, three games in a row at the beginning of the season to the Orioles. So yeah, it's all, it's a giant roller. Every year it's a roller coaster. The Yankees went on a 23. They started six and 11, 23 and nine, five and 13. Now what Adam, six and two, seven and two, seven and two. Yeah. yeah. Seven and two. And look, I think that the roller coaster does have to do with the manager. We're talking about Alex Cora. I think he, Aaron Boone is the antithesis about Alex Cora. We talk about all the time. You look at the Yankees roster and it could like Adam and I could he could be manager and I could be bench coach and the Yankees would probably win 90 games. Like it's an autopilot roster. There's not many decisions you can make to kind of screw things up, but Aaron Boone kind of does that more often than not. And he is not a mo he, well, I don't, I, I don't know. I'm not in the locker room. I know but, it's your podcast, yeah. but can I ask you guys seriously, sure. because I yeah. need to know how the hell is Aaron Boone still managing this team? Like I said, He's it's autopilot. Embarrassing. They, they don't want to, they're not going to create any midseason, sir. And like we said, it's an autopilot roster. As long as things aren't happening like they were during, you know, the, the, the six and 11 and the five and 13 stretch, it doesn't matter. This team is supposed to hit. The team is supposed to have okay, the bullpen supposed to be nails. The starting rotation is actually solid. So very few mistakes you can make, but comparing him to Cora, Cora does get every ounce of skill and, and, and passion out of his players. And Aaron Boone does not do that. And Boone just looks like look, a human wet blanket. He's a puppet. Look, he's and, a puppet. Yeah, he's a puppet for the front office too. But you know, he's and not now even good at being a puppet. I know. Like what? I know. I'm, and I'm not even saying this to troll. I'm saying this because you know I follow you guys on Twitter and I follow a, a, a quite a few Yankees fans and I'm friends with the Locked On Yankees host Stacy and I just so I see the tweets coming out and it's like how I mean. <laughs> They'll be upset. Look, Yankee fans will be upset regardless, but like, no, but this I mean been, like this professionals a... in the industry t- oh, tweeting like yeah. his quotes and stuff or like oh, yeah. he did this yeah. and it's like questionable decision by Boone. And I mean, look, I don't want the Yankees to win. Like, you know, I'm a Red Sox fan, but what I do like is when both of our teams are good because it's not fun. I mean, look, it's always good to win a game, but it's not fun in my opinion when it's like one team is just mercilessly beating up on the other team because one team is really good. And the other team, like, I don't consider that the rivalry. I consider the rivalry like 2003, 2004, like even 2018. But like when the Yankees are just so good and the Red Sox are pathetic, like that's not fun. You know, literally like not even as a fan, like nine innings of like just getting our asses handed to us. That's not fun. And I think you guys can agree. Like when the Yankees are bad, like it's not, it's not enjoy like that's not a rivalry. That's just no, like last year when what we we went eight and two or nine and one, nine again. and one, nine and yeah. one. Yeah, it was like yeah. I was like I don't want to play this team. I want to. It's I, not. I was more. No, fun, and then, I was then more you excited want to play the Blue Jays. Yeah, I was more excited to play the Blue Jays because the games. I mean, we got our asses kicked a bunch of times, but we knew the competitive edge was there, and we knew it'd be you know a, a fun game to watch. Um, and kind of got, parlaying into this year and how it's been very different we are always hawking your guys's roster and we're rooting for guys to suck. Not like, you know, not to a level where they're going to get demoted, but like, I would love to see JD Martinez not be doing what he's doing. I enjoyed last year, him sucking with no video room access. It was amazing. But now the script is flipped. You guys have so many players dominating and exceeding expectations. And the Yankees have everyone underwhelming to uh, everyone, like to a, a degree that is unimaginable. Unless it, uh, you watch, uh, we watch a team every night and we're like, we can't believe this. I want to know from a Sox fan perspective, what players are you most surprised about on the Yankees who have taken a gigantic step back or have regressed like b- beyond uh, your, uh, our wildest dreams who, who have Sox fans like been taking pleasure in uh, who, who have been terrible. You know, I don't know if it's just that like I'm older and I'm more busy and this isn't going to be a fun answer, um, but like this isn't going to be like kind of one of those like, oh, like crazy Red Sox biatch answers. Um, I don't know. Like, 
I don't know if it's just like, you know, being, you know, busy with work or just like kind of evolving is like, why do I care so much about your team? Like I should be focused on my team. Like I used to have Yankees fans come into my mentions. I literally saw a Yankees fan last night, like at one in the morning being like, ha ha ha, the Red Sox lost. And I was like, yeah, like four hours ago, what are they keeping you up at night? Like what the hell, man? <laughs> I, you know, I'm a lot more concerned with my team than yours, but I will say the ongoing thing that baffles me about the Yankees is how guys seem to just get injured, like living life, like Stan judge. Um, you mentioned Mike Tuckman, like, uh, you know, I don't know what's going on with Luke Voigt. I just, I know that you guys have like a ton of injuries and people keep going on and off or like sitting for a couple of games, but they're not on the injured list. You know, what are they just like, they don't stretch ever do they just go and with like lift weights and like you know chug whey protein like what's the deal with your training methods because these guys i hate to borrow a term from tom brady but there's no pliability on your team like what is going on Stan doesn't even play the outfield anymore like he gets hurt by running wind sprints in tropicana field and then he's like oh man like oh i actually she like takes five steps outside and she's like everything hurts and i'm dying and i'm like Okay. Well, you actually, I mean, it's more legitimate. Like I just, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting to see fan, to see athletes. Like you realize that athletes on the one hand, they are like the epitome of the human body and like physical health, you know, like they are like the paragon of like, it's like, you know, seeing Hercules in real life. Um, and then on the same side, they're Achilles and like the heel and you're, you know, you're done. Um, God forbid. I, I just don't understand how at this point, when you've had the same players like Stan and judge, for example, um, when you've had players get similar injuries or the same kind of injuries, like, you know, obviously judge had like that broken bone in his hand in like what 2019 or something, but yeah, and I only, re- I only remember that because it was during the four, because it was, he was hurt. And then they had the four game sweep series. And A-Rod was on the call and he couldn't stop talking about Judge who hadn't played in weeks. <laughs> and I was like, my dude, do you, do you want to um, stop your national televised love letter and talk about someone who's actually in, in the game? Or are we just going to listen to you expound on how beautiful Aaron Judge is for another 35 minutes? Um, how have they, have they shifted their training methods like they're healthier this year they're they a hired a new strain they hired an all-new strength coach last year which is why with getting back to something we briefly touched on that's why the Yankees have Corey Kluber mainly because we hired his guy as well, our he strength threw a coach. no hitter so yeah. we like him we don't have an issue with Corey Kluber but like in terms of why the Red Sox veered to Garrett Richards or whatever we have his strength coach who we worked out with in private so I'm sure the dude was like you guys should you got the leg up or whatever um, it's funny that it's funny to hear you be so annoyed at a rod in the booth. We're obviously not a rod defenders. We don't care. He's, you know, he is what he is. He was the blight on our fandom for like a decade, but the fact that ESPN doesn't seem to be able to balance their booth ever. You're upset that a rods in the booth talking about the Yankees too much. And then like five years prior, they used to do Yankees Red Sox Sunday night with Dan Shulman, Nomar Garcia, Parra and Kurt Schilling. Like who's that booth? Like, very clear who that booth is for. All right, like, you said Kurt Schilling, and I just gagged a little bit in my mouth. He's your A-Rod, but it's, like, maybe a little bit worse. Oh, no. He's – okay, no, no, no. Look, I don't like A-Rod, but we got to, like, give credit where credit's due. I mean, Schilling's, like, a Nazi fanboy. Like Legitimately. That's, yeah. like, no, like, literally, like, if you're spending your MLB paychecks buying things that were worn by people who murdered my ancestors, I'm going to call you out. Like, I'm surprised that guy hasn't blocked me yet because I – genuinely go off on that guy i mean accurately so i'm not like you know oh he you know murders dogs in the street like i'm, I'm saying like but he this might. guy has facebook <laughs> albums of his nazi artifacts that he has spent at least thousands of dollars if not tens of thousands of dollars buying and it's like not a great it, it's guy. so it's so appalling not to mention he like stole millions of dollars from the state of rhode island and is like spreading vaccine misinformation and like i wrote something about lenny dykstra for that balls out of here last week because it was the anniversary of the Mets trading him. Um, and then he followed me on cool. Twitter <laughs> and started retweeting all my articles. And I thought it was kind of funny because in one of my pieces, I wrote two things about him. And in one of them, I said that in his retirement post imprisonment, 
um, Dykstra spends his days tweeting vaccine misinformation and tagging Kurt Schilling and Aubrey Huff in tweets in hopes that he can join their conservative, conservative retired baseball club. Um, and here Dykstra was like, I guess maybe he didn't care or he didn't read it closely, or he's just a kook. Um, but he was like retweeting all of my stuff that I had written. Um, and being like the lovely Gabrielle, like wrote this about me. And I'm like, I literally wrote that you, I mean, it's, it's true, but you spread vaccine information, misinformation, uh, on Twitter. So yeah. Um, I don't like Kurt Schilling. <laughs> Good group um, of guys. I would take a rod over Kurt Schilling in the booth any day. Um, I think most normal people would, um, cause there's a difference between just being kind of a dink, um yeah, and like a that tool is, that is a rod and and being like a terrible human being and, and i don't think a rod i mean look a rod's just that guy like you can just tell that he wants the yankees to love him so so badly and the yankees are just like no like you're that guy that we paid like tens of millions of dollars hundreds of millions of dollars to and like we got one world series out of you the first ever full season suspension for performance enhancing drugs. And then at the end of his, I was at his last Fenway game of his career and he was hitting like one thirty, maybe. And he gets up to bat and everyone's booing him <laughs> and he was so cocky. And it's like, you're not even good anymore. And we've won, like at that point, they'd won three world series, I guess. And um, cause what did he retire in like 20, 20- 16 or something they forced him out of baseball right they forced right they forced him out but like he it was because it was it wasn't supposed to be his last game but then they like forced him out before the season ended but he's like he's like walking up there you know i'm like at the game i guess like 2016 and he's like he's like i can't hear you like when people were booing him and it's like (laughs) you struck out every single game this weekend like why are you so cocky like you're not even good like i i don't know (laughs) just like he want like i think he you know he wanted to be the villain he didn't want to be the villain but i think once he became the villain he was kind of like i gotta lean into this because it you know it got him noticed got him buzz you know he probably got more out of it in terms of like financial stuff you know lucrative sponsorships of like this is you know this is a rod this is like the cocky dude on the yankees like it's not even about your on field at that point he's just trying to like market himself as just kind of that guy but um yeah i i would take him in the booth any day and i don't like him in the booth but um a rod was a rod was the dude uh like like well he would have been the dude um using his flip phone to take selfies and then making it his Facebook profile picture. I mean, like that's he was old. I mean, the he wraparound sunglasses was yeah. a vibe for yeah. him for like a saw. I mean, yeah. you look at those pictures of him and Jeter from like the all-star game and they're both like the wraparound sunnies mm-hmm. and like the oversized football jerseys and like the sweat shorts down to the knee. Um, the nineties yeah. were quite a time. Man. Friends forever, friends forever until they actually got here. And then they were not, friends forever at all um should we go around and do a little predictions for this weekend um i'm not sure how we're we're all vibing very differently i think thomas and i are both very cautious considering we just lived through getting swept at home uh by y'all in our first battle of the year for some reason i was at the sunday night game the friday game was my birthday and i was like i just want them to win on my birthday i don't really care and then they swept and i was like oh this is nice yep and embarrassing all those losses were embarrassing as usual we we're having a bad time overall let's let's do yankees red sox sandwich so i'll go thomas first how are you feeling about this weekend where are you mentally uh mentally i like where where the resiliency has kind of kicked in for the yankees the last two i know it was against the royals but the first game of the series should have won. You could tell Luke Voigt's kind of changing the complexion of the lineup. They come back. They have that dramatic win in game two that they should have won anyway, but they coughed it up twice. Then yesterday they blow the doors off and score some runs. So I think that's putting us in a very good spot. We have our three best pitchers going. I know it's not saying much, but Cole's in the finale um, on Sunday, which, which I'm happy about. So we get two of these. We get one of these wins. I think we're in a very good position for Cole to take down Eduardo Rodriguez uh lefty going up against the heavy right-handed uh yankees lineup 
Um, and uh, Sox might be a little bit tired. That you, you guys just had a very, very uh, grueling series with the Rays, so I think that might that might play a little bit into it. But still going to be cautiously optimistic because I also wouldn't be surprised if we lose the first two games of the series and then Baxter against the wall and Cole has to get us the win. 100%. Uh, Gabrielle, where are you on this? Are you still vibing off the sweep or are you a little more depressed after this Rays series? What's the overall situation? Oh, no, I'm... I'm uh what do the kids say down bad I'm not I'm not yeah. feeling good um <laughs> my thing with this team is it's so all or nothing you know like they're either going to score literally 15 runs or they are going to be what they were last night um and just totally ruin Nick Pavetta's gorgeous start by not doing a damn thing with their bats I you know, I know they're tired. Um, they had a bad series against the Royals last weekend. They lost two out of three um, and in very embarrassing fashion too, because the Royals are not good. Um, I'm not, I'm not looking forward to it mostly just because I never, I don't know if it's like the, the like ingrained trauma of growing up in a Boston household before 2004 but like, I never look forward. I'm never confident going into a Yankees series. Like my thing is like, I just don't want to get swept. And I'm not saying that as a dig, like literally, like I just never want them to get swept. So going into this series, like that is, I'm sorry, but that's my low expectation just because our bullpen has been struggling. Um, our lineup has been struggling. I mean, Bobby Dahlbeck is on pace for like 230 strikeouts. Hmm. And like the only reason he's still up here is because like we don't have better options than that. Um, we have guys who are on like Christian Arroyo has been really great for us. And like he just like he hit a he hit a grand slam last week and like three home runs, but he just went on the injured list. Cle- Kevin Ploiecki's on the injured list. Like the injuries are starting to get to us. We don't have a lot of good options at AAA to, that are ready to come up. Um, and I think people forget that there's a clear distinction between a guy who is ready, like Wander Franco, for example, he's been ready. Like the Rays have been holding him down because they don't want to pay him. They want to manipulate his service time. But like that kid's been ready. And a lot of times, you know, and I'm sure you guys have seen it too with your team is the Red Sox, like Devers, he wasn't ready. They called him up because they were last in the American League in home runs in 2017. They had no bats because the David Ortiz retired. And they were like, yeah, this is fine. We don't need him. And it's like, really? You sure? Um, So they called up Devers. And you see him make routine errors in at third base because he wasn't ready. And four years later, here we are. So I'm I just don't want to get swept. I don't want to get swept, but I'm not optimistic. It's funny, like if you pitch shifted what you just said and changed the names to some Yankees, like you, you're basically yeah, repeating what I also feel. I mean, I have you have pre 2004 like nervous anxiety disorder, I have post 2004 nervous anxiety disorder. I don't enjoy these games ever. You were In saying a way like, we're very connected just all the time. Yes, it's not skittish, good. <laughs> skittish constantly. I can't imagine attending one of these. Like that's also where I'm at. Someone's like, you want to go to Yankees? It's like, Jesus Christ. No, of course I don't. Um, definitely not at Fenway. Um, I promised you before my predictions, I did promise you to tell you the story of the time I was chased into a Fenway bathroom. Um, the censored version is in 2012 when the Red Sox were really not good. And John Lackey was mid Tommy John rehab and was a reviled player and not like a fan favorite. Mm. I bought a John Lackey t-shirt at the Yaki way store for $5 and wore it as my Halloween costume. I was the chicken and beer Red Sox. And then I wore it to a game at Fenway that year and everything was going fine. I don't I, People didn't notice, I guess. And then I was walking the aisles and some dude came up behind me and went, John Lackey, huh? And I just ignored, you know, kept walking. And he goes, John fucking lackey, huh? And I'm like, all right, all right, all right. And I went into the bathroom and he's screaming and he's like, John lackey. And then he, go- I'm in the bathroom standing on a toilet in a sauce. So he doesn't notice me. And he goes, John lackey, why don't you F my wife? And then he left. I don't know what that means to this day. I don't know if he had a personal vendetta. Maybe John lackey, like did try to Banged his wife, his wife. I, I don't know um but what, like a mickey calloway situation it's <laughs> the most confusing moment i've had at a ballpark so you've asked me in the past like do you like fenway? i love fenway uh, not that day um no. but i love fenway i would never in my life attend yankee socks at fenway and if your yankee fan wants to do that 
God bless. I don't really like attending Yankee Sox and Yankee Stadium either, to be honest. I went to a game in 2019 that turned out well. Before that, I went to the Aroldis Chapman Devers game, was the most recent uh, Yankee Sox game I went to, Yankee Stadium. Um, and I switched positions Child between. Prodigy. I switched positions between the eighth and ninth inning. So I did that. I fully did that. That's my fault. Um, but yeah, going into the series, like you don't want to get swept. I don't want to get swept. As long as the Yankees don't get swept, I will leave satisfied in the interim though. Like it's so just basically we long. both want our teams to just win at least one game of the series. Which means that there's a game. A game well, that's, a, that's what, that's what we wanted in the last series. Yes. We were sitting around the pot house. Just like, just win one. I don't care when it is. I don't care when it happens. Win just today. win one. All I need we're is gonna one. Like, I want to know. I'm getting greedy now, though. I want to. There, there's I've no reason they shouldn't win one two. one game at Yankee Stadium in my life. It was May 2019. It was, remember when Andrew Benintendi was a Red Sox leadoff hitter for like no legitimate reason for like mm-hmm. a solid two and a half months? Yeah. So I was at the game, the first game back that Mookie was leadoff man, when Cora finally accepted what every fan had seen for the first like two and a half months of like, this guy shouldn't be batting leadoff. It was like the beginning of Ben Attendee's like collapse. And I take no pleasure in that. Like I felt so bad for him, but it was like, how are we still doing this? So I was at that game and I will say my, my experience was not as bad. I didn't get chased or anything, but I, I will say on Twitter, leading up to that series, I had Yankees fans being like, if we see you at Fenway, we will beat your head in. And I was like, this seems really excessive. Like it's a sport. It's not like you, you're taking this really seriously. Uh, Nothing happened at the game, obviously. um, And your food is really good. But the one thing that I thought was really funny. um, And I, I literally pulled up the tweet is I had Yankees fans sitting in front of us. Um, it was June 1st, 2019. And I tweeted, I wish y'all could hear the Yankee fans sitting behind me moaning about Tommy Canley because the guy was shouting, he sucks. He fucking sucks. I hate him. He belongs in AAA at most. Give me Chapman. Fuck this guy. And I was like, Tommy Canley has a 1.57 ERA. Yeah. No, and then when he left, Yankee everybody, games, yeah. yeah, everybody Nobody misses knows. him now that he's gone. Yeah. And I was just like, I... You know, the Red Sox, like the Red Sox bullpen was so bad in 2019 because they were overworked because the starters were like dead. But to sit there and have a Yankees fan be like, this guy sucks. Give me Chapman. I'm sure you know how I feel about that guy. When Canley's ERA was under two, well under two, I was like. There's I gotta go. go." Yeah, there's there's (laughs) scum at the bottom of the fan base, no doubt. Um, All right, so. Oh, yeah. Um, the three of us are entering a weekend set. It's a huge one. And all of us just don't want to get swept. So I guess that's the vibe. Of I the love end. how we're all sitting here. All of us are nervous. None of us are happy. Like people no. think, oh, the rivalry is so intense. It's so awesome. And it's like, honestly, these games are just stressful. Like, it's fun to look back on 04 for me now. And I'm sure 03 for you guys. But like, I don't, I don't enjoy it in real time because there's just so much wrapped up in it. That I, I don't think it's fun. You know, it's 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 just it's just stressful. I don't think it's fun. And 2003, I don't even look back on fondly because it gave us our manager. So there you go. Um, <laughs> yeah. That is it for this rivalry edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us a five star review along with a mailbag question if that's something that interests you. Gabrielle Starr, thanks for being here. Where can the people find you to probably? I'm sorry, like you're probably gonna get heckled during the series but we do appreciate it it's fine i social media i'm numb at this point um you can find me on twitter at gfstar1 girl at the game is at girl at the game on all social platforms it's girl at the game.com girl at the game podcast on apple spotify whatever and i'm writing and editing for that balls out of here now so if you go to that balls out of here.com um i have like four stories up this morning um because i couldn't sleep last night so yeah and it was kind of fun because Nick Pavetta I got to write about a former Philly and that's kind of my wheelhouse so yeah thank you guys so much for having me and um next time if you want me to come back I'll tell you my Kevin Millar Aaron Boone story which I totally forgot about until now oh good teaser for next time wow (laughs) so I have coffee I forget all my actual good stories (laughs) well we'll have you back Thomas Carinante where can the people find you 
at Tommy's underscore takes. You can also find us at yanksgoyard.com. We got plenty of content there for you, especially through this rivalry, rivalry weekend. And you can talk to us on the official Yanks Go Yard Twitter account at Yanks Go Yard FS. We'll be there around the clock for the next 72 hours. Until then, we'll see you all on Monday. And I'm at Adam Weiner. If you're an Astros fan who just read something I wrote in the middle of the week, you appear to have found me during the recording of this podcast. So congratulations. I'll see you all and see you Bostonians over the weekend. See ya. Progressive presents Forced Metaphors about bundling your home auto and other vehicles. In hockey, it's the goalie's job to protect the net. And in life, your net is your home and auto, but also your boat, motorcycle, RV, or ATV. And your goalie is the round-the-clock protection offered by Progressive Insurance. Well, it's also the savings you get when you bundle. So in this metaphor, you have two goalies, which is okay because, you know, it's just a metaphor. Forced Metaphors, presented by Progressive. Bundle and protect today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discount not available in all states or situations. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.